0: and spend some time preparing, and then the outlines are here, and tonight we'll be looking at Psalm 103, Psalm 103 if you find that in your Bibles, and uh, truly all of you who are online with us, and you cannot be here, may the Lord bless you, and we hope that you're able to stay in a uh, cool place today. Uh, Some of you watch from other places in the country, so we're at about a 100 and whatever here, and that's us Tennessee people are not used to that, we're having a hard time, so Uh, We're going to thank the Lord for it and not be critical about it. So let's go to Psalm 103. Heavenly Father, thank You for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank You for the opportunity we have to be together tonight. It is a blessing. It is a blessing for us to be together. May we never take that for granted. May we not uh, thank You that we have the freedom to come and be together. Thank You that we can... Have the Bible in our language so that we might read it and understand it by the help of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for our fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. <clears throat> we do pray for all of the ministries that are going on all around uh, the campus tonight, all of our, as the choir meets and does their planning and their singing in preparation for worship, and Brother Tim as he's with the students and Thank You for the good report on their return from camp and the decisions that were made last week and for our children and preschool. and We're blessed and we're grateful for it, Lord, and we pray that You'll be pleased with us as a church. We pray for those uh, who are among us who have lost <clears throat> loved ones recently. And we pray for them and Your grace and mercy to be with them. And we pray for those who Uh, who are uh, sick we pray that you might heal their bodies that you might bring them back strong and for those in discouragement and despair may they look to jesus may they find their hope and joy in him and renew our hearts and minds tonight it's good to have the middle of the week to come together and to have fellowship around the word of god what a blessing So, Lord, uh, tonight, help us as we read Your Word now. Forgive us of our sins. We'll put all of that aside so that we might receive what You have for us tonight from Your Word. How blessed we are. Thank You for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm 103. Let's read Psalm 103 together, get our minds around it. Tonight, I want to talk to you about worshiping in the Spirit. And the importance, Uh, I'm trying to follow a pattern. Last week we talked about heavenly mindedness. And uh, tonight I want to follow this up with a discussion with you about worship in the Spirit. And Psalm 103 is a wonderful place to go to see an example of David and this whole matter of worshiping in the Spirit. Excuse me. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His loving kindness toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. For He Himself knows our frame, He is mindful that we are but dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over over it, it is no more, and its place acknowledges it no longer. But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him and His righteousness to children's children, to those who keep His covenant, and remember His precepts to do them. The Lord has established His throne in the heavens, and His sovereignty rules over all. Bless the Lord, you His angels, mighty in strength who perform His word, obeying the voice of His word. Bless the Lord, all you His hosts, You who serve Him, doing His will. Bless the Lord, all you, all you works of His, in all places of His dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of Your Word. May the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher now. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. So he begins, Bless the Lord, Barach is the Hebrew word. Barach Yahweh. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He says it again in verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he ends the psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So let's... The focal truth tonight that I've given you on your worksheet is worshiping God through the Lord Jesus Christ is spiritual and truthful. So the... We come as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, and so our our worship of God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Sunday, I begin to talk about our high priest as mediator. Where would we be without the Lord's mediation? Where would we be without the Lord as our mediator? It's a rich and glorious truth for us. It should warm your heart to know it. But I want to ask you something tonight about your worship. Most people, when we talk about worship, they either talk about singing or their, select, their, their style of, of worship. They forget that the preaching of the Word of God is also worship. There's private worship and there's public worship. And both of these are important in our life. So, how do you worship God? How would you describe your worship of god for many of us we just come to this place and and uh, we, we we we're busy we're and I'm I'm there you know I'm a preacher I'm describing myself I'm not setting myself apart from this criticism we come to we come to church without any preparation so I'm making some preliminary responses here, so I read to you now from a famous place. I know most of you very well in here. Ecclesiastes 5 uh, has some very important words for us, though they were Solomon's giving them to Israel as they were approaching their approach to the temple, but they still apply to us. Ecclesiastes 5, 1. Guard your steps as you go to the house of God. Now again, I'm maybe old school Baptist. This is a meeting house. This isn't a temple. I'm not standing in a temple. This is a meeting house. This is where God's people meet God. Around the Word of God. Through the Holy Spirit of God. It's a meeting house. So you're going to have to allow me. Guard your steps as you go to the meeting house of God. To draw near, to listen rather than offer the sacrifice of fools for they do not know what they're that they're doing evil do not be hasty in word or impulsive in thought hasty or impulsive to bring up a matter in the presence of god for god is in heaven you're on the earth therefore let your words be few There are a lot of things we could say about that. We're not in Ecclesiastes tonight, but I'm using that to remind you of the warning of, of Solomon about the importance of approaching God in worship. All right, those of you who were with me in our Exodus journey, what did God tell Moses to do with Israel prior to Him meeting them in glory? Go wash the people. Clean them up. Get the people ready. Tell them they're going to meet God. Get them ready to meet God. So, I ask you this question of how you worship. Do you do anything to prepare for worship? Do you have an idea? I'm talking about in your private life. When the Lord says for you to go to your prayer closet, which is our worship, when you privately worship the Lord, how do you prepare? I grew up in the generation, you know, mom and dad, you you had to prepare your clothes to go to church the night before. That was just the rule. That's the way it was. You make preparation. Now, you know, I learned later, I might have on a nice clean shirt and have a filthy, dirty heart. I may have prepared myself and put on my good clothes and showed up up there. Not that this is happening these days. But inside... I'm not living as I should live. I have no, I've made no preparation to worship God. And then someone say, well, it's better that I went up there to the church house and at least went to church with no preparation. When you're coming here to meet, together with God's people, to meet God. When you privately gather in your place, you meet God. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. How do you worship God? You come in here and listen to the designated preacher and say, Well, you know, did you rate him? It's kind of like the Olympics. He got a one, he got a ten, he got a five. He seemed like he was, you know, it's like you're worried about the mannerisms, the dress, and the approach of the preacher rather than the content of what is being delivered. Some would say, well, worship to me is just the music. I love the music. I could do without the sermon. Some say I'd like the sermon and not have the music. Worship is about meeting God. Barach. Barach is the word that means kneel. Barach is the word That means adore. When you come to church, how do you come to church? And do you know how to worship when you come to church? Well, I'm challenging you with these things because all of us have a responsibility as believers in Jesus Christ to come prepared to meet with God. And when the Word of God is preached and the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God, however the Deliverer does it, we wait to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say to us. It is an act of meeting God. So God knows all of our hearts in here tonight. He knows the condition. You and I came in here tonight. Whether there was any preparation or not. So this becomes very important. That leads me to the first question, or the first statement here, which will sound a little strange. Before you go to church, you know, in the old days we called it the call to worship. You know, the music leader would get up and call us to worship. Collectively, corporately. We still do it. We do it in different ways. We use different phrases. But you must first, we learn it from Psalm 103, if you're going to worship in the Spirit, number one, Call yourself to worship God through the Lord Jesus Christ in spirit and in truth. You see that on your outline? You see, you need to do some talking to yourself before you get to church. Not to your spouse. Not to your kids or grandkids. You must call yourself. You must rouse yourself. You must awaken and stir yourself and say... Wait a minute, look at this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. It reads literally, O soul of mine, in Hebrew. Bless the Lord. O soul of mine, bless the Lord. I'm not here tonight. I cannot worship for you. You cannot worship for me. O soul of mine, Barak Yahweh, all that is within me, bless Barach a second time, His holy name. Verse 2, Barak Yahweh, O my soul. He's talking to Himself. I've mentioned this to you before, Psalm 139. Remember, why are you so downcast o oh my soul remember you sometimes when you're in depression you must pause and have a talk with yourself a spiritual talk why are you discouraged why are you in despair why are you afraid why are you why are you angry why we must have a talk with ourselves as we come to the word of god and draw near when you come to church before you get here to the meeting house Before you gather there in your private place, you need to have a talk with yourself. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. When your soul is saying, I'm just going to be mad today in my soul. I'm just going to be unforgiving today in my soul. I'm just going to live with resentment in my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. This is the first and most important priority before we ever get to the point of worship in spirit and in truth. If you do not speak to yourself to prepare your flesh, you'll come and worship in the flesh. And no wonder we have so many problems and we leave as empty as we came to the meeting house. We leave our prayer closet... Empty because we have not prepared to worship God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, or soul bless the Lord. This is David's words to himself. You must say these words to yourself. I want to ask you, some of you have been going to church a long time just like I have. Do you prepare to go to church? To the meeting house to meet God. Or do we just come up here and say, well, you know, maybe something will happen to me. I don't know what you're expecting to happen to you. if You've made no preparation for it. The Lord prepared Israel. Before you meet God, Moses said, clean yourself up. Exodus, we studied it in detail. And then the power and glory of God came... And the people were overwhelmed and they heard the Word of God as a part of the glory of God and they bowed and said, we will do everything God says for us to do. They experienced for them what would be equivalent to worshiping God, kneeling, adoring God. The object of worship and the truth of worship is all about our great and glorious God through our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. You cannot know God except through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so all that we do as followers of the Lord Jesus is we honor and glorify Him. The Holy Spirit points to the Lord Jesus. God the Father declared Him the blessed One, the beloved One. Everything for us points to the Lord Jesus. And I'm asking you tonight, do you adore Him? Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Do you have in your worship adoration for God? Is there any, or has this become simply a habit, a cultural thing that we do? Because we're good Southerners. And everybody in the South goes to church. Well, it used to be. It used to be. I don't get anything out of church. I'm going to go over there, the music's louder. They jump around more over there. I'm not going to go to that church. I'm going to go over here where it's quiet and solemn. and None of that's the point. We are here to meet God every time we come here. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. David worshipped in the Spirit. These are his words. He's speaking to himself and he breaks into worship here. And we'll see this as we get along in the in the moments ahead. I want you to look at some of some of the principles that we learn from the various ones in God's Word who worshipped in spirit and in truth. First of all, notice what we have. Uh, the Lord Jesus said, and I gave it to you in your notes, Matthew 22, 43. When the Lord was talking to them about these wonderful, about the wonderful words about who he was, he says, And he said to them, Then how does David in the Spirit call him Lord? The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand. Psalm 110. They were having a discussion about it. But you see, David wrote these words under inspiration, in the Spirit. He did them in the Spirit. Peter said, All of God's men... Wrote under the inspiration of God. That is, under the Spirit of God. They wrote the Word of God. The Word of God is given to us as inspired spiritually by those men who were filled with the Spirit. They were in the Spirit as they wrote. John the Apostle. I wanted you to see this thread in in the book of Revelation. I don't want to expand on it too much, but simply to show you the importance of being in the Spirit. The book of Revelation would never have been written, had it not been, that John... One ten. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. When you come to church on the Lord's day, are you? You say, "Well, that was for the apostle John." Oh, no, that's for every believer. That's for every one of us. That's for every one of us. So, I remind you of this because you know these words very well. I omitted them from the outline, and I I meant to put them in there, but I was. I missed it, so I'll read them to you. You know these famous words. So what did the Lord say about worship? He said in John 4.23, you know these words, I'll read them to you. Remember, He's having His conversation with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, who's talking about that they worship in the Samaritan and, and, and the Jews worship down in Jerusalem. And He says, an hour is coming, John 4.23, an hour is coming, and now he is. When the true worshiper will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Worship is spiritual and truthful. For such people, please notice, God the Father seeks to be His worshipers. When you prepare to worship, God meets you and is ready to meet you in worship. We meet God in worship. God is Spirit, 24. And those who worship Him must worship in Spirit and in truth. John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and I heard a voice behind me. The Lord... John was in the Spirit and he saw the glorious, resurrected, ascended Lord Jesus in Revelation 1. And he spoke all those words to Him to the churches and going forward. Revelation 4.2 Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a door into heaven was opened. John was in the Spirit, and he saw heavenly things. He saw heavenly things. A door was opened behind me, and I, and I saw one sitting on the throne, and he saw heavenly things, because he was in the Spirit. Uh, Revelation 17.3 He carried me away in the Spirit into the wilderness. John in the Spirit saw the coming judgment of God on the world. Babylon. Revelation 21.10, He carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain, and He showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. He saw the heavenly Jerusalem because He was in the Spirit. Last week I worked with you about this. Colossians 3. It's what we've been talking about on Sunday morning. It's what I continue to appeal to the church to do every Sunday. And I ask you tonight, let's go to heaven in our minds. Let's go to heaven. Worshiping in spirit and in truth is setting your mind on those things above. Here's the way Paul said it. You know it. Colossians, I just, last week, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated. This is something you must do. Set your mind to think about heaven. I want to say it again. That's not just what people do who are about to die. That's what believers in Jesus Christ do all of their life. Paul gives us another indication of being in the Spirit. Ephesians 1, when he was praying for the Ephesians, it's there in your outline. He prays that... it's the prayer, notice, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you, notice, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and of Him, knowing God. This is being in the Spirit, gaining an awareness of God, having a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know God. I pray that the eyes of your heart, our hearts don't have eyes, our eyes are connected to our mind. We've talked about this many times. Heart and mind are a picture, they are a description of your mind and your inner person. All of your, your mind, your will, your emotions, your affections, all of what's inside of you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me heart and mind. He says, so that you may have the eyes of your heart enlightened, so that you will know what is the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of His power. These are the things you know. This is is worship in spirit and in truth. So that you may have assurance and knowledge of God, and walk with God with awareness. And then I I leave you with one other matter about how we we, uh, worship in the spirit. And it's famous to you, most of you, and I didn't put it on the outline, but I added it later. But I'll just read it. 1 Corinthians 2. In 1 Corinthians 2, beginning in verse number 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world. He's writing to believers here. I'm talking to all my brothers and sisters here. You've not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may Know the things freely given to us by God. This is worship in the Spirit. It is coming to have a knowledge of God and of His ways. Which things we also speak. Now notice, this is what I'm doing tonight. I'm the designated one to do this tonight. Which things we speak. In other words, the things freely given to us by God. Not in words taught by human wisdom. But in those taught, notice, by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit teaches us the Word of God, uh, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. That's worship in the Spirit. That's receiving that Spirit and truth worship. So call yourself to worship when you come to worship. Perhaps in the mornings, I don't know your routine. Some of you have been doing it a long time. Maybe it's best to wake up and sit for a moment and be still before the Lord and have a talk with yourself, because immediately when you wake up, your mind is already racing on what you got to do for the day. Hopefully, your first appointment of the day is with God. If you have to stay in the bed to do it, or well, I get it. I understand life and busyness and chaos and, and schedules and appointments. How can I say that I love Jesus and I never want to meet with Him? I just I guess I'm just naive. I don't understand that. So I must have a I must have I must put effort. Some have this idea, well I'm filled with the spirit, I'll just worship God. No, you have a part in it. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. I might have had a hard day the day before and I go to bed and I couldn't sleep. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. I might have had a terrible day and I'm about to go to bed. Bless the Lord, O my soul. This is what we say to ourselves. What do you say? Or do you say anything? Or do you prepare at all for worship? So, let's worship God through the Lord Jesus Christ in spirit and truthfulness through Psalm 103. I've laid it out for you. Here we see this beautiful psalm laid out in five uh, very important char- char- characteristics. We're to worship God, the God of holiness. We're to worship the God of graciousness. We're to worship the God of righteousness. We're to worship the God of loving kindness. This is what you worship. This is how you worship God in spirit and truth. This is how you come to the to God, knowing who He is in truth, and you in truth conform your thinking to Him. And you draw near to a God who is is holy and gracious and righteous and loving and sovereignly permanent. So let's look at this for a moment. Let's walk through the Psalm and let's pause and worship together tonight, shall we? We're not going to sing a song. This is your spiritual worship. This This is what you do with a renewed mind tonight. Let's begin. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. What can we say about that? Isaiah is caught up and sees in the Spirit worship at the throne. And those glorious, powerful, amazing angels are covering themselves holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. We run to the book of Revelation and the same sight is seen John in the Spirit, the beasts and the others. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. And our dear Lord, teaching us how to pray, starts with this. Here's how you pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. As we saw last week as we were looking at the Lord Jesus, our glorious High Priest... And we were taking these words apart uh, in our study last week. We saw again this reminder of our Lord. For it is, I'm reading from Hebrews seven, verse number twenty six. How about your gr- glorious High Priest, the Lord Jesus? For it is fitting; it was fitting for us believers to have such a High Priest, holy, innocent, undefiled separated from sinners, exalted above the heavens. When I come knowing the unholiness in my soul, no matter how long you're saved, it's like layers being removed from us. You always see the corruption and the sinfulness of your soul. The closer you get to the glorious light of God, the more it exposes your sinfulness. I'm talking about being saved. Yes, I'm saved. And my sins have been forgiven, but it still reminds me of my utter sinfulness in comparison to the glory of His holiness. When I worship the Lord in holiness, it helps me to be humble. It destroys my pride and arrogance. For I see His holiness and I recognize my unworthiness. It produces in me Spirit worship, because He is holy. He is holy. He is holy. Worship the God who is gracious. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. This word benefits is an interesting Hebrew word. It has to do with His acts, A-C-T-S, His acts. What He does, His ways. Okay, let's think about the ways of God in your life and mine. Let's worship God tonight. Let's worship the God of graciousness. I mean, every apostle. Every apostle. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul. Every time. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to know grace? You want to know grace? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Here is the picture of grace. Here is grace. Lived out. Here is grace seen beyond any measure. Wicked sinners saved. Look at the grace. Look at this grace. He forgives. He graciously forgives. Who pardons all your iniquities. Tonight, He's forgiven you. Let's worship in spirit. He's forgiven you. You've been forgiven did the Lord say when the Pharisee, that arrogant Pharisee, was trying to belittle the woman who came pouring and crying at the feet of Jesus for whom has been forgiven much, loves much. If you really know how much God's forgiven you, it'll help you love God more. If you think you deserved it. This is why you don't love God. I deserved it. Sounds like bratty kids, doesn't it? He forgives. He heals. How many times have you been healed and you did not know it? How many times have you been healed in your internal soul and you did not even recognize it? He has has bound up your wounds. The Lord Jesus went about doing good healing. Healing by His stripes we are healed. He is the healer. He is our our healer. He heals us. He heals us. Let's worship the Lord in spirit tonight who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. You know, if you're in a pit, you can't get out. Someone has to deliver you. If you fall in a pit, you cannot get out who redeems us, saves us from the pit. Look at His grace. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. The crown you wear is the loving love of God and His compassion for you. You've been crowned with loving kindness and compassion from God. He always loves you. He's always compassionate for you. What about this? He satisfies your years with good things. Alright. A lot of us in here have lived a long time. Let's worship in spirit and in truth. You you adore the God of graciousness who has satisfied your years. They weren't all good years, were they? They weren't all good times in those years. You think about your years? Good and bad mixed together. He causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Let's worship in spirit. He satisfies us. He satisfies us. He satisfies your years that your youth is renewed like eagles. He renews us over and over and over. I can be renewed. The older I get, the more I need renewal. The longer I walk with God, the more I must have renewal. Some of you tonight are fatigued spiritually. You must renew yourself. But did Paul say to us all, I beg you by the mercies of God, present yourself to God, a living, holy sacrifice. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm talking to you about worship is tied to the way you think. To what you focus on. And what you give yourself to. Let's worship in spirit and truth the holiness of God, the graciousness of God. What about His righteousness? 6 and 7, The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, and He made known His actions to the sons of Israel. Isn't that interesting? When you draw near to God, He is a God of righteousness. He performs righteous deeds and He makes His ways known. How does He do it for us? By the Holy Spirit who is in us. What did the Lord say to us, friends? He said, I'm sending the comforter, the teacher. What? What? We'll look at it Sunday. The wonderful truth of the new covenant is you will not need to tell your neighbor and teach your neighbor, know the Lord for everyone will be taught by God. If you're saved tonight, you have the Holy Spirit of God to take and teach you the truths of God. This is an act of His righteousness. He makes known His ways to His people. Let's worship Let's worship tonight in spirit and truth. Let's tonight allow our minds to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we might know God, as Paul said in Ephesians 1 we read. Let's set our mind (coughs) on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the majesty of the God of holiness, graciousness, righteousness, and all of these things are true of our Lord. worship God who is loving-kindness. Look at this li- look at this loving-kindness list. Look at this string of words. The Lord is compassionate. Now we go back to what the Lord said about Himself. David reminds us of what God said about Himself. You remember? When he met Moses at the burning bush. We have the Exodus crowd in here. You've been with me in Exodus. Remember what the Lord said about Himself. This is the self-confession of God about His own nature. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and and abounding in loving kindness. (coughs) He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Aren't you glad? Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. If I got what I deserved, I'd get hell. He is compassionate. He is gracious. He is abounding with loving kindness. He goes on, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, and who went and ascended above the heavens? The Lord Jesus. Our great high priest has ascended above the heavens to the heaven of heavens. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His loving kindness toward those who fear Him, who are greatly loved by God. Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. Mm-hmm. Trouble brings perseverance. Perseverance, proven character, and character, hope. I'm quoting this, all these verses, Romans 5. Because the love of God has been poured out upon you by the Holy Spirit. Whatever I'm going through, I'm a loved one of God. As the Lord Jesus Christ was the beloved one of God the Father, now we are the beloved of God who are in Christ. Whatever passes through the hands of the God who loves you is good for you. And some of you know what I'm going through. I believe that. I live by that tonight. It's all good when it passes through the hands of God. Because He loves us. Because He loves you. What father does not discipline their child? Any child without discipline is a bastard child. But when you're disciplined, you're disciplined so that you might share in the holiness of God. God is our father who loves us enough to discipline us. I'm just I'm just I can go on about the love of God. He is compassionate in his love, gracious in it, abounding in it. He has not dealt with us according to our sin, but showed us mercy. His loving kindness is great to those who fear him. He showed fatherly compassion to those who fear him. Please notice as "...as far as the east is from the west, so He has removed our sin. Just as a father has compassion on his children, the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him." Did you see? It's the second time. So great, verse 11, "...so great is His loving kindness toward those who fear Him." Verse 13, "...just as a father has compassion on his children, the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. For He Himself knows our frame." He knows who you are. He knows your condition. The Lord Jesus is one of us. He sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. He knows our frame. He knows that we fatigue. He knows we get tired. He knows we get in despair. He knows we get fearful. He knows we get angry. For He knows our frame and He is mindful that we are but dust. What does our... My dear friend, and many of our dear friends who know him well, Ryan in our church, Ryan Tucker, he always calls him, I'm just a dirt man. Yes, you are. And so am I. And so are you. Made of the dust of the earth. As for man, his days are like grass. As for the flower of the field, so he flourishes. Sixteen, when the wind passes over, it's no more. And the place acknowledges it no longer. But... Look at this, the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him, third time. And His righteousness to children's children, to those who keep His covenant and remember His precepts to do them. Praise God. Let's worship, let's worship in spirit and truth. The God who is holy, the God who is gracious. The God who is righteous. The God who is loving kindness. And finally, the God who is sovereignly permanent. Look how he says it. The Lord has established His throne in the heavens. He's established His throne in the heavens. Just a little side note. And it doesn't really come through in our English translations, but in Hebrews, where we're studying these days about the high priesthood, It's a fascinating uh, use of the Greek word. I'm reading Hebrews 8, 2, where we'll be picking up this week, where the, the main point in what has been said is this. We have a high priest who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the sanctuary in the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched. The word "pitch" that he uses there is the word that means to nail the nails into the ground. You set up. The tabernacle was driven with nails into the ground. God drove the nails into heaven. He set and established permanently His throne in the heavens. He built it. He set it. He established it. The glorious presence of God. Let's worship in spirit. Let's think about heaven. Let's think about the eternal glorious place where God has established The throne in heaven and His sovereignty rules over all right now. You think the world's coming apart. Look, some of you are old enough, you know better. We've been through this before. This is a part of the birth pangs for the coming of the Lord Jesus. Pay attention to the signs. Live as an informed Christian. We're not panicking. We're praying, come Lord Jesus. Unless you're all tied to the earth and you're holding on to all your stuff. You're not going to be able to keep it anyway. The the earthling, the worldling fears and holds on to everything tightly here. What will I do without this? The believer, the longer you walk with God, the more of it you let go. And you look for heaven. And you prepare for it. His sovereignty reigns over all. That's why it's almost humorous to read it, but I read it to you now. Revelation chapter one. John in his introduction, verse four, John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you, peace from him who is, and who was, who is to come, from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful, the, the faithful witness the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. He's writing this in exile. Rome's running the show. Wait a minute. His sovereignty rules over all. Over China. Over Russia. Over America. Over all the kings. Over all the congresses. Over all the parliaments. Over all the political people who are to solve these problems, over the businessman or woman who builds their empire thinking that nothing will bring them down. He, right now, rules over all. Set your mind on heaven where the real ruler is reigning today. Just a few pages over, we were reading it today in our staff meeting with the staff, Psalm 110. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord Yahweh will stretch forth your strong scepter. This is, this is a declaration of what God the Father will do for the Lord Jesus The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion saying, Rule in the midst of your enemies. And that's what the Lord Jesus is doing this very moment. Reigning and ruling over His enemies. While everything will be put under His feet. Hallelujah. Worship the Lord in spirit and truth. This is how you worship in spirit and in truth. You take the truth of God's Word about the true God from the Word of God and you prepare your mind, you receive it, and then you pause long enough. You see, this is not a university class in here. I'm not doing this to present you formal papers and outlines so that you can say that was really nice and I'll put it away in my binder. This is supposed to touch your heart and change your life. This is to help you to be ready to die. This is to help you on your way to heaven. And here's this glorious man worshiping in spirit and truth and all of a sudden he calls the angels to join him in worship. Bless Barak Yahweh, all you hosts. Barak Yahweh, you His angels, mighty in strength to perform works, obeying the voice. It's the same imperative. Angels, worship Him. Hosts of angels, worship Him. Bless the Lord, you hosts, you who serve Him doing His will. Bless the Lord, all you works of His, in all the places of His dominion, which is everywhere. And then he says it again, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let's learn to worship God in spirit and in truth. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near the door. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, we say it. Heavenly Father, thank You for my brothers and sisters. Thank You for the Word of God a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. We hide Your Word in our hearts so that we might not sin against You. I confess, I have come to worship in the flesh too much in my life. I confess, You already know it. That's why I leave so empty. That's why I leave without any joy. That's why I leave without any encouragement. It's not the preacher or the music Director's fault. It's my fault because I do not listen and yield to the Holy Spirit of God within me who tries to take the Word of God and implant it in my life. But I have flesh and I have sin and I have rebellion and I have godlessness in my life, and I've gone back living like a natural man when I'm a saved man. Forgive me when I have not come to the hill of the Lord with clean hands and a pure heart. Perhaps, Lord, this is the prayer confession of others who are in this room. Not just mine, but if it's not, it is mine. And I pray that you would help me to always prepare when I draw near to you privately or publicly. And since you know that I am but dust, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your patience. You know that I am but dust you know that we are frail. But when you look at our hearts, you see our sincerity and our desire. And because of that, we praise You and glorify You because You are the God of holiness and graciousness. You are the God of loving kindness. You are the God of righteousness. You are the God who is permanently sovereign. You are the God of loving kindness through the Lord Jesus Christ to us all the days of our life until we until we move into heaven and glorify You there forever and live in the pleasures of the Lord and the joy of the Lord forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.